0: Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth Podcast. To stay connected, go to RevivalToday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan.
1: How many are happy to be in church tonight? This is what the devil tried to stop for two and a half years, but the devil did what he does best. He screwed up. Amen. When I was a little kid growing up in church, they used to say, if the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. But if you look in the Bible, his past isn't very good either. He messed up everything he ever tried. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here tonight. Dios te bendiga. En el nombre de Jesús. Me llamo Es Arroz Blanco Evangelista Arroz Blanco. And I'm glad to be with you in uh, South Texas tonight. Before you're seated, I want to make an announcement. Uh, I just got back from meeting with one of the presidential candidates last week. I'm not allowed to say which one. But he's orange. We had our first black president, and then a few years later, we had our first orange president, so thank God. Uh, if you know anything about politics, if you know anything about politics, there's probably at the at the national level at the most, I would say, 20 people that genuinely care about the country and the people in the country. The rest are have to carry out the orders of the people who funded their campaign. And we are privileged to have one of those 20 with us tonight. And I'm gonna give her the privilege to greet you, one of your very own from this district. I want you to welcome Representative Myra Flores as she comes to say hello. Give her a great big hand clap, and come on. Now, if anybody's watching from Media Matters, the first she met me is right now, so she has not endorsed me. She doesn't like my ministry necessarily, she's just coming to church. And, uh, I, I want to say it's an honor to stand next to her. I followed her campaign. First Mexican born, uh, congresswoman, correct? In history. Congress, maybe congressperson. Give her a great big hand clap. Go ahead and say hello. And thanks for all you did for the United States of America and all you're doing.
2: I just came to church. <laughs> I, um, thank you, Pastor Kevin, for always thinking of me and inviting me. I, I don't have any words. I just, you know, been campaigning a lot, but I need Jesus every day, just like y'all do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I didn't have him in my heart. Um, he guides me and uh, I ask y'all in everything that you do, always keep God first. Cause at the end of the day, this is, this is temporary, but he's, he's eternity. He's eternity. You know, we, we get caught up on, you know, our past like you said, and we need to live the present, but we also need to make sure that we're going to heaven, okay? That's what we need to work on and make sure that we have a place, but also that our family has a place. So, you know, I always think that people tell me, you know, God doesn't belong in politics. Well, maybe that's why we're in the mess that we're in, you know, because we've put God aside, and it is time that we put God first. God bless y'all. God bless South Texas. And let's pray to Jesus. Thank you.
1: Well, you can be comfortably seated. I'm gonna get right into it tonight. Who came expecting for the Lord to do something? I want you if you have your Bibles, open them with me to Mark chapter eleven. Oh, you like that? You've heard of that here before? At Faith Pleases God Church. Mark eleven. Stay up with me, Brother Tony. I, I like you. Mark 11. The Bible says in verse 20, the next morning as they passed by the fig tree that Jesus had cursed. And then you can put the scriptures up in, in Spanish behind me because I, like, uh, I like seeing them in Spanish. You know, one time I, I saw what the word anointing meant in the, or was translated in the Spanish Bible and it helped me preach. Because in English, you don't use the word anointing except in church. So it was hard to explain. But then when I saw how anointing is translated in Spanish, uncion, you got that unction in English, and it makes sense. So I like seeing it. And then plus, not everybody speaks English. Plus, my wife could be watching or her father, and that would be good. So we'll see it in Spanish and English. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree that Jesus had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you have cursed has withered and died. Everybody say cursed. There's some things that you pray for, and there's some things that you pray against. God actually has two sides to Him, And that's why a lot of Christians get slapped around in life, because they only know the teddy bear side of God. God is not only full of love, God is love but God has another side to him where he said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I will repay. The Bible says the Lord is angry with the wicked every day. When I was growing up in Pentecostal church, they made that to be people that smoke and drink, but that's not what that means. That means people, not drug addicts, but people that have made up their mind to profit off of the deaths of people to make money. God doesn't like that. And so there's a blessing side to God That he blesses people. In fact, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, you can break that chapter into two halves and it's gonna give you a a basic rundown of what Christianity is. Verses one to 14 say, if you do what my word tells you to do, I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you when you come in. I'll bless you when you go out. I'll make you the head and never the tail. Above always and never beneath. Now, that's not what they taught me in church. They taught me that they have mountains and valleys, and sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you'll always be the head, and you'll always be the, uh, you'll never be the tail. Say this out loud. The last battle that I lost can be the last battle I ever lose. Then when you read through that, it says, uh, uh, I'll fill your storehouse with grain. Though your enemy attacks you from one direction, I'll make him run from you in seven directions. And all those blessings in there, uh, uh, I'll give you prosperity. You'll lend to many and not borrow. But then at verse 15 to 68, it says, if you will not serve the Lord your God, all these curses will come upon you. You'll be, cur- curse it, shalt thou be in the city. Curse it, shalt thou be in the field. And so you should make up your mind in these three days that we have together that I'm going to be on verses 1 to 14 side of life because it's not up to God. It's not up to your mom and dad or your family. It's up to you that it only takes one person in a family to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And now <laughs> you guys are too easy to preach to. No wonder all the preachers moved to Texas. If you go to Vermont, they just stare at you. But when you when you make up your mind to do that, you know, there's a lot of people when they preach, they focus on curses and the devil. And they make the devil out to be some mighty figure. But if you read the Bible, he's not, uh, he's not really worth getting worked up about. In fact, there's an old preacher in England. He was having mighty revival meetings and many miracles. This is in the 1800s. And he heard a loud evil noise in his bedroom And when he woke up, he went downstairs to see what the noise was, and this isn't some idiot. This is somebody uh, that knows what he was talking about, major man of God. He said, Satan himself was sitting in my living room. So what did he do? Start crying and calling for angels? No. He said, when I saw how weak and defeated Satan looked, it gave me a new boldness in my ministry. And he didn't even pray. He said, oh, it's just you, and went back to bed. Can you say amen? Say say this out loud. The devil is defeated. defeated. Yes. We don't have to re-defeat him. You know, you hear people, uh, there's a lot of witches in my neighborhood. The witches should be nervous that you're in the neighborhood because one puts a thousand to flight and two put 10,000 to flight. So the devil has been dethroned. The Bible says, the Bible doesn't say Jesus stripped him of some of his power. The Bible doesn't say Jesus stripped him of most of his power. The Bible says Jesus stripped him of all of his power, made a show of him openly, and triumphed over him in it. And I'm not just saying this because we have uh, our Congress woman here, but it gives me great courage that the thing that's in back of everything you see going on in America is satanic, the fentanyl epidemic, every evil plan to collapse this country. Because the Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, there's going to be a one world ruler named Antichrist, capital A. But if you continue to read the New Testament, it says there are many Antichrists in the book of 1 John, small a. And it tells you what that Antichrist agenda is. One world ruler ruler, one world government. You hear all the people saying, we need to lay down national sovereignty to become a part of a global body. That's not God's spirit talking. Anytime you hear somebody talk like that, you're listening to someone that has the voice, uh, is giving voice to the antichrist. One world ruler. One world government, one world money system. Revelation 13, that no man can buy or sell unless he's given a mark in his right hand or in his forehead. Think of that. The apostle John wrote that in AD 92. How do you even put a mark in somebody? You couldn't do that in 1992, let alone 1892. But now, what did we just have happen? They put a structure in place and tried to make it that unless you had something injected into your body, you could not go to the grocery store, to HEB, or to the restaurant. That's that antichrist spirit trying to do that right now. But it's not time for the antichrist spirit. While the church is here, the church is in charge. One world money system. You know, these things, my dad's been preaching for 45 years, and I, he would preach at least one night a week. He's an evangelist, not a pastor. So I was in church Sunday through Friday, and we'd travel Saturday if the meeting didn't get extended. Sometimes we'd stay at a church two weeks, three weeks. My dad was at a church in Otisville, Michigan. The church had 140 people on Sunday morning. My dad was on a 40-day fast. He did one 40-day fast. When he turned uh, 40 to consecrate the second half of his life to the Lord. And so he was very weak. He couldn't even stand up for the whole song service. But my, those services were some of the most powerful he's ever had. 140 on Sunday. And... The last service after week six, there were 820 people in a 500-seat church. This is before social media, so it wasn't like you ran a marketing campaign. All natural. Look, I'll give you an example. One lady, the first night of the revival, she was the only person from her family that went to church. Her husband didn't go to church. Her two teenage kids didn't go to church. Nobody. When the meeting finished after week six, her, her husband, their children, But the maternal grandparents and the paternal grandparents, all the brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles on both sides, all of their children, all the cousins, when the meeting closed, it was her sitting with 48 of her family members in that section by that revival. Do you know why? Because just because the devil planted a tree, it only takes one person speaking by the anointing to curse that tree and cause it to die. I know I'm only here for three days, but I want to tell you something. There's nothing the devil has planted in your life that God can't do something about it today. It doesn't take God 11 years to destroy the work of the devil. He only needs you to believe him and believe his word. And that's where I'm going to preach on. That's why I started in Mark 11. There's something that God gave men, and a believer in particular, called faith. Faith is not a coping mechanism. That's how I hear my age group preach now. How many of you are going through a hard time? Well, you can have faith. Trust God in the storms of life one day that season will pass. That's not faith and Jesus didn't teach like that Jesus was only in one storm Jesus did not wait for the storm to pass the Bible says he identified the root of the storm He cursed it and immediately everybody say immediately Immediately the Bible says the wind ceased and the sea went like glass In fact, the one that was complaining about how rough the sea was, his name's Peter. Peter was a fisherman before he became a disciple. And so what Peter said in the original language is, I've never seen the sea this stormy. You know, if it's somebody's first time on a boat and they get nervous about what the sea looks like, it doesn't mean anything. But when someone's fished their whole life out on the water and they say, we're going to die, you're going to die. But when Jesus spoke, it went from being a mega storm to, in the Aramaic, a mega calm. And so it doesn't matter how stormy your life is. You're only one prayer away from the power of God taking the devil out of the equation in Jesus' name. And I'm I'm preaching something tonight because, yes. The devil's was in back of that storm. The devil's in back of cancer and sickness according to the Bible. I told you last night, one out of every three people that Jesus healed, there was a demon spirit that had to be dealt with directly. Thou spirit that makes this boy deaf and mute, unable to talk. Now, My generation of preachers, most of them, everything's chemical imbalance and uh, behavioral problems from growing up. But there is a real devil. Now, I told you he's been dethroned, but he's still going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And you can spend your whole life And the medical community and everybody else will be happy to load you down with all the prescription medications and therapy you want. But America needs to understand that there's a God in heaven who he wants you to call on him. He said, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. If you believe it, can you shout a loud amen? Amen. So when my dad, I told you when I heard him preach, and he would preach about that stuff in the 1980s, it sounded insane. Where he'd say, one day, according to the Bible, no man will be able to buy or sell without a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. That's what the Bible says. And now you have those things being openly called for. Global digital currency, central bank digital currency, doing away of cash. Total controlled spending. If they go to digital currency, they can do like they did in Angola and other countries. You can have money, but you're not allowed to do transactions with a church, and a church is not allowed to do transactions. It's a way to control spending. The Bible says that's the antichrist. Agenda, and when you hear people call from it, you know what spirit they're from. Can you say amen? When you hear people call for it, you can mark them uh, immediately. Anytime you hear somebody that's anti Israel that says the Jews need to give back their homeland, you're not listening to somebody that's speaking from God's point of view. You're speaking, you're hearing somebody speak from the devil's point of view because God said to Abraham, I'm giving you that land forever. Do you ever notice people that are pro transgender children are always pro Palestine and Israel giving their land back. It's a spirit. And many people don't understand. They deal with everything in the natural, but where you can't see the Bible says in Ephesians chapter six, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I don't know how well this will go over. I didn't do a demographic study before I came here, but a lot of, a lot of Christians don't like Joe Biden. They say, I I want to pray him out of office. Well, if you pray him out of office, there's 9,100 other people in the pipeline to come take his place because it's spiritual. It's not about people. That's why the Bible says pray for your rulers and those that have charge over you. Because even if you don't like somebody, the greatest damage you could do to their agenda is to see them get born again and God take out their wicked heart and put in a righteous heart. That's what revival does. Can you say amen? Amen. Say it out loud with me. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but we do fight against unclean spirits in the invisible realm. So then if you're smart, you you start dealing with how do you do that fighting? What we just did, the Bible says, carries power in that realm. Praise is spiritual warfare, not sad singing and depressed singing, not religious singing, where it sounds like they're having Jesus' funeral, but praise, where you don't wait till the battle's over, you shout ahead of time, and you don't have to fight. Yeah. Preaching is spiritual warfare. Where, how far is far Texas from here? P-H-A-R-R. About 30 minutes. You know, people think America used to be this place, everything was great, and then all of a sudden in the last 15 years, the thing's gone off the rails. Anybody ever hear the evangelist R.W. Shambach? Yes. Do you know he got arrested in Far, Texas? When was it, 70s? 1976. And his dad got arrested with him. T.L. Osborne's tent got burned down in uh, San Antonio in 1952 the devil hates miracles he's always hated miracles read what they did to the preachers in the 1800s in america they'd pick up their pots you know there were no toilets they'd take their pots that had their pee in them and throw them at the preachers i'm glad i'm preaching now amen i've had to put up with a few things but never that praise god and so there has never been a time where there wasn't a devil that hated the preaching of the gospel. The preaching is a warfare. Paul said in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it, and in context, it's the gospel preached. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, through the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Preaching's warfare. Then miracles. Somehow there's a connection. You're not, as a preacher, you're not supposed to just talk. The Bible says Jesus taught, then preached, then healed. So there's something about healing that breaks something in the spirit realm. That's why Jesus told ministers, everywhere you go, announce that the kingdom of God is near and heal their sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Freely you've received, freely give. That means don't charge tickets. I don't know where that came from, but it's not scriptural. The gospel's to be free because Jesus already paid the price with his holy blood. Global economy, global military, and a one world religion. And you can see it all right. In fact, you can feel that spirit pushing right now. It wants war in Russia very badly. If you can't have it in Russia, it wants it off the coast of California with China, but it's not time for that yet. I'm going to tell you, you can believe me or not believe me. It won't make any difference to me. The devil tried to overstep his bounds 2020 through 2022, and now the church has a minimum three-year window that God is giving us where he's cleared the enemy out, and this is the time for the church to make its move. Can you say amen? That's why I'm... I'm, I know your pastor is and others are. We're pounded at heart because we saw that life might not always go like it has been. There could come a time. You know, who knows? Look at Hawaii on fire right now. You know, I have a friend who pastors there, a large church. Their church was just burned to the ground. How many of you saw that we're starting a second church in Fort Worth, Texas? One in Pittsburgh, one in Fort Worth. I, I was thinking today, I wouldn't be surprised. If that's, if God's doing something where the devil can't take out our ministry by taking out one building. If we're spread all through the country, then he can't just take out one building by a flood or a tornado or a fire. That's what God's doing. God is doing something in his church right now by the anointing, where he's multiplying his children to get ahead of what the devil's doing. I'm telling you this not to be positive or encouraging. I'm telling you this as sure as God's alive. Whatever the devil has done to you, however harsh life has been, if you'll get in tune with the Holy Ghost, God is going to fill you with power today, and he's going to give you back everything the devil stole with interest in Jesus' name. If you receive that, take 30 good seconds. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Well, say it so they can hear you in hell. Say, the devil is defeated. Say, Jesus is Lord. So you see that agenda right now. You see all five of those Antichrist agendas. And there's politicians that have that as their whole platform. And then if anybody goes against that, it's like all hell breaks loose against them because all hell does break loose against them. But Mark chapter 11, the Bible says, yes, Jesus said, I cursed a tree. You probably still have it open. Go to Mark 11. Master, the tree thou hast cursed has withered up from the root. How many believe this meeting tonight can can have an effect in the entire country? I've been seeing my prayers answered for 18 straight months. Playboy, you know Playboy pornography? They did their quarterly earnings today. They lost $139 million in one quarter. The company's only worth $122 million. So I only got a C in math, but that's bad. When you lose more money than you have, you're going under. Anything the devil builds has weak foundations and can be easily kicked out. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, the devil, you, you mark my words, the devil's about to have the worst two and a half years that he's ever had in the United States of America. I'm telling you, I'm telling you here in Harlingen, things are turning around for the American people. God has heard the prayers of the American people and he's answering it with revival. Now, a lot of people don't like that. It's like they enjoy being angry. When COVID hit, there was a preacher. He's a friend of mine. He asked me to go on his television show, and he said, Jonathan, this disease is hitting the country. A lot of people think that it's God's judgment. And he was like shaking his head. Yes, he also believed it was God's judgment. He said, what do you have to say about that? I said, those people don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Sickness is from the devil. Let me ask you a question. When God got fed up with Nineveh in the Old Testament, when he had a a less compassionate covenant with people, when God got fed up with Nineveh, what did he do? Did he send cancer to everybody? He anointed one man and told him to go preach the word and turn them from their sin. When God is grieved by the sin that's in a country, He doesn't send sickness, he sends revival. He's not looking to kill people, he's looking to help people. Yeah, if he wanted you to die, he just left Jesus in heaven. The devil can kill you by himself. He didn't need God to help him. The thief comes. T.L. Osborne called it the gospel in one verse. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come. The I is Jesus. But I have come that you might have... And have it more abundantly. So it's not, that's the gospel in one verse. If it steals, if it kills, if it destroys, you don't have to say, oh Lord, what are you trying to do? No, there's another character involved. His name's the devil. And the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth, I'll back you from heaven. Whatever you permit on earth, I'll allow it. God, why are you allowing this? God's in heaven going, why are you allowing it? Because God won't override your will. That's why... And I'm getting a little off subject. But religion almost puts this malaise on people. Well, things didn't work out. I don't know why. But if you get the message of faith that you speak to the mountain, not God does it. You do it. Jesus said, you saw that tree wither. Surely, in the it'd be like saying in English, I tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The strongest, verily, verily, I say unto you, you can say, everybody say, I can say. You can say to this mountain, forget the tree, you can say to the mountain. How many churches put the idea in people's head that because Jesus is in heaven, we now have like a third-rate power as the church? Now we just have to hold on till the end. I'm not holding on to the end. I'm putting my gospel cowboy boots on and making the devil regret being the devil. I work for Jesus. Christ is the head. We are the body. Amen. How many of you can tell we're going to have a good night tonight? Yeah, going to be a bad night for the devil in South Texas. Amen. So Jesus told the disciples, I did it to a tree. I tell you, if you have faith, you can do it to a mountain. Many times faith is taught as a coping mechanism. Faith will help you get through the storm. You know, you see it on Instagram. Faith helps us get through the storms of life and make it like faith is a life raft that you cling on to. Let me me show you another scripture. Go to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, while you're turning there, I'm not going to have you repeat stuff all night, but say faith Faith is meant to move mountains. Now, when Jesus said that, we're not trying to get Pike's Peak to move to Columbia. It's moving things that can't be moved in the natural, that when you have no way forward, God gave man something called faith it's a speaking faith the bible says in second corinthians chapter 4 we have the same spirit the psalmist had who said i believe god and so i speak you can speak to the mountain not believe it's going to move speak to it you can speak to cancer you can speak to your pancreas that's not regulating your insulin tell it to start working like god told it to work you can take authority over the devil and you can speak life to things that are meant to live I prophesy in the name of Jesus from tonight the things that have been planted by the devil in your life that don't belong there they begin to die from the root quickly today and the things that God wants to grow in your life from today as a blessing of coming to his house those things are going to begin to grow first the ear then the corn on the ear God's going to begin to multiply you in Jesus name if you believe it can you say I receive it. Check this out. Acts chapter 12. The church is growing. So the devil does a counterattack. About that time, Acts 12.1, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some of the believers in the church. He had the apostle James killed with the sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Man, if they assign 16 soldiers to you, you're special. Intending to bring Peter out for public trial after Passover. But while Peter was in prison, it doesn't just say the church prayed for him. It says the church prayed very earnestly for him. Now, I don't like... It's like if you're a white preacher in a black church, if you start just saying comments to pump up the black people, it sounds fake. And as a white speaker in a Spanish church, I'm not saying this to get on your good side. I'm saying this because it's a fact. Very fervently. What does that mean? Your average, there's exceptions. But your average white church, they worship, but there's no fervency. Amen. Hallelujah, we love you with all our heart, O oh Lord. I was raised like that. You don't talk too loud. If somebody did, they'd come and tap you on the shoulder and, and say, shh, even if you were saying good things. But if you watch Spanish worship by and large, even sometimes at Catholic churches, there's a fervency and a passion in the word. There's a prayer. And, and you know, people get down on their knees and there's tears, even in the Catholic church, because that's brought the people. And I'm telling you, and I'm not saying this to be complimentary. I'm telling it because it's a fact. This immigration thing, whatever evil people want it to be, it's going to end up flipping things on the devil, because they are importing people into this country that believe in family, that believe in God, that believe in Christ, that believe in prayer, that believe in worship, and that believe in the supernatural. God is going to use the Hispanic people in the United States to shake the devil clean out of this place. That's a fact. That's a gospel fact. So the Bible says the church prayed very earnestly for him. There's a type of prayer that doesn't work. Oh, God, we just come to you right now. We just ask you. You see the needs that are on the list. You see Sister Martha's dying of cancer. We just ask you to touch it. Let me tell you, Ellie's going to die if the doctors don't help her. That kind of prayer doesn't do anything. So oh, you're saying you have to yell? No, but the prayer hat prayer is from the heart. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Yeah, it's the difference between how you told your wife when you were dating her you loved her and how you tell her now you love her. One was from the heart. I love you. Te amo. Te adoro bonita. Te amo. Yeah, that's not from the heart. That's the head. That's just saying something you're supposed to say. So two people can pray the same prayer and one comes from the head, one comes from the heart. Oh God, we come to you right now. You know, sometimes you go to these, these things they do for ministers politically where they ask the minister to pray at a breakfast or whatever. If you don't pray in your private time, you should just be quiet because you, you sound, people can tell you don't pray. Oh God, we just come to you right now. You can tell some, some pastors, the only time they pray is at a prayer breakfast. And there's more breakfast than prayer. Amen. <laughs> but I don't know about you. Have you ever been in a meeting where they called somebody up to pray? And it was like, whoa. Who came in here? They said the first word, Father, or hallelujah, and you could feel the power of God come in. The church prayed very earnestly for him. Now, why did James die? James was killed with the sword, he was an apostle. Then they arrested Peter, looking to do the same. There's no record of the church praying for James. What you allow, God allows. Yeah, God doesn't override people's will, and neither does the devil. Do you know, I've been preaching for 21 years now somehow. When I give an altar call for people to get saved, and somebody lifts their hand and comes to go to the altar, never one time have I seen a demon appear and push them back in their seat. When they decide they're going to serve the Lord, the devil has to clear out. Did you know nobody has ever bought fentanyl from a demon? Did you know a demon has never brought fentanyl over the border into America? A demon has to get a person to cooperate with his will. And God can't go do it. Like they prayed when I was growing up. Oh, Lord, we ask you to go to the hospital. God's in heaven. I told you to go. You go, and he goes with you. You're his hands. You're his feet. When you speak, he backs what you say. And it shouldn't have to be like this. But sometimes it takes people getting knocked to the canvas in life two or three times before they say enough is enough. And that's a good place to be. Some of you are that way tonight. You've taken some shots in life, but the reason you're here on a Wednesday, it's not Easter, or Christmas Eve, you came to a revival meeting, some of you didn't even know why you were coming. Your family said, where are you going? Church. Why? I don't know. You felt to go on the inside of you. Because church is a place where you get faith built up. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So even if while you're listening to me preach on faith, you say, I don't have any faith. You have 22 minutes because I just preached 22 minutes of faith into you. And it's going to grow more. And what happens when faith comes is what you used to put up with and think you had to put up with. You now say, wait a minute. The Bible says my life doesn't have to be like that. And if you're not careful, if you don't read the Bible and hear preaching, you'll accept your life to be like what people tell you it has to be like. I have a 10-year-old daughter with my wife. They're back in pitch. My wife's preaching right now. Thank you. Let me see what she's preaching. Give me a second. If you're a public speaker, this is not good to do. But I'm just curious. She's doing the Wednesday night service. Maybe she's done. You know you're in a good church when they hallelujah while you look around on YouTube. People, people are getting blessed while I'm checking social media.
0: No, except for me. Among ourselves. And the Bible says when we do that, we become fools. So it says, take your journey, say me. Yeah, your journey, not Jose's. Not Martha's journey. Take your journey.
1: Sorry, I just missed my wife. So she's preaching in Pennsylvania. I'm here. So I have a 10-year-old daughter, right, Camila? You know, she'd be two years old. I remember one time we were flying on a plane. We were in the first class section because there's bigger seats and you get to eat a meal. And plus, then you get to stretch your legs out. And I didn't come to the church looking like the letter C. (laughs) So my daughter, you could always tell when you went to first class with a little kid, People were the rich people were ticked off they wanted to sit up there so they didn't have to listen to kids cry. But God gave a grace to our daughter where she was the easiest traveler. She put on these little Beach by Dre pink headphones and an iPad. <laughs> I'll tell you one. Let me tell you one funny thing and then I'll go back to preaching. One time, you know, little kids don't know. In fact, some adults don't know. When you have earphones on, you talk louder. So she was watching a Bible program. <laughs> we were in first class up in New England. There are like no Christians in the front. And she's going, (laughs) she's saying what they're telling her to say out loud. So at the top of her lungs in a dead quiet first class, Jesus loves you. Jesus died. He is the king. People are looking mad, but you can't tell a four-year-old to be quiet. So she preached the gospel without knowing she was doing it. Amen. (laughs) One time, one time we finished that plane ride, and uh, you could tell people were angry when she got on, but she she was the best behaved person in there. And then when she... My wife and her sat on the one side, I sat on the other. So she didn't get to be with me for those three hours. So when we got up, she loves me. So she ran across the aisle, said, hi, Pa. I don't know how I got called Pa. My wife's Puerto Rican. I thought maybe I'd be Poppy. I always said, Dad. Then I ended up being Pa, like I'm from 1805 Kentucky. <laughs> hey, Pa. <laughs> I'm going to feed them hogs. Well, she, she goes, hey, Pa and hugged me. And there was a guy getting his suitcase. He went, wow, your daughter's cute. I said, thank you. He said, wait till she turns uh, 14 and gets a boyfriend. See people start getting you ready for life to be bad. My daughter's gonna love me as much as she did at two when she's 14. And she's gonna love Jesus more at 14 than she did at two. Because you don't have to have, listen now, you don't have to have what the rest of the world has. Part of your covenant when you get saved. 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 18. 1st Timothy 4 18. Paul said, Godliness is profitable unto all things, holding promise both now. It would say now, now. And in the life to come. And so when you heard our, our uh, representative, Ms. Flores speak, what did she say? They tell us not to talk about politics. You ever notice? The devil doesn't mind if you have a little church service that doesn't affect anything. Don't pray for the sick. Don't talk about money. Because how does the devil control people's lives? Money. Most people aren't in church Sunday not because they hate God. They're that Pastor, I have to work. They all work. They're dominated by money. Don't talk about money. Don't tell people there's a way for God to bless them outside of the system. When you tithe and give offerings, it takes you out of the control of the World Economic Forum and the International Monetary Fund. God said, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that's so great. You won't have enough room to take it all in. Don't talk about that. And don't talk about politics. How are you going to tell me not to talk about politics? What can I talk about anymore that's not political? You made marriage political. You've now made raising children in my own home political. So don't tell me you can speak about everything and the church is to shut up. The church has been quiet long enough. Listen, you have everybody out of the closet parading their beliefs down Main Street. Where is the church that's gonna not be ashamed of the Bible and speak it under the anointing to beat that devil back? Everybody say, I'm not being quiet. Yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna speak. Peter spoke. Paul spoke. Jesus spoke to a tree. If you read the King James, it says Jesus answered the tree. That's a different level. <laughs> One thing to talk to a tree is another thing we start answering it. Yeah, you can speak. You open your mouth. By your words will you be justified. By your words will you be condemned. Death and life are in the power of the, that's what the Bible says. So it's the devil that wants you to shut up. Isn't it interesting? that you're allowed, you have all this debate about transgender children, right? Six years old, seven years old, four years old. I'm a pastor. If you post a picture of you baptizing a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old or an 11-year-old, oh, they're too young for that. You're forcing your belief on them. Well, does the devil wait till you're 23 to start telling you what he thinks? No, from the time they're little children. Disney and whatever else doing that but why does the church feel embarrassed about what no one should be ashamed about there should be a boldness in love to tell people there is another way you don't have to be broke you don't have to be sick you don't have to be depressed you don't have to be divorced you don't have to have children in methadone clinics and rehab Christ came and shed his blood to break the power of the devil off of your family come on if you believe it go ahead take 15 good seconds I know how to spell passion in Spanish But say passion in Spanish Show. Even that's good Passion Spanish music, Hispanic music has passion My wife plays it when she runs the vacuum cleaner with tears coming out of her eyes from the passion of the song. Don't let religion take your passion from you. I told a lady, and I wasn't trying to be mean. She said can, she came up to me when I was done preaching. She said, can you pray for me? I said, sure. What would you like prayer for? My daughter's on heroin, and I just would like you to pray. I'm hoping that she comes back. I said, lady, if you're praying like this, she ain't coming back. There has to come something on the inside of you where you say enough is enough. There has to be something. There's a, you know, I would like my daughter to come back. There has to come a time where you are fed up with the way things are going. You have to allow, there's an old preacher from the 1800s. He said, before you get people saved, you have to get them lost. In other words, you have to get disgusted. You will never get victory over a sin that you're not disgusted with. James got arrested. The church said, Isn't that a shame? But when Peter got arrested, a switch flipped, and they said, Wait a minute. This is too much. We're not going to allow it to go any further. And some of you have conceded enough ground to the enemy, but tonight, you're taking the ground back. Enough we will call tonight Wednesday night. Enough is enough night. Everybody watch it online. It's time to make the thief refund everything he stole in Jesus name go ahead make a joyful noise hallelujah say it right out loud the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever but while Peter was in prison the church prayed very earnestly for him that night before Peter was to be placed on trial he was asleep Fastened with two chains between two soldiers. I'm not trying to pause all this time. You don't be like, yeah, but you don't know how bad my situation is. He's not just in jail. They have soldiers in the cell with him chained to him. That's impossible. He's got no legal counsel, but the church prayed. Say this out loud. Prayer Prayer. carries great power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you a couple of things to show you what I'm talking about. What did I give you, uh, brother Jake? This was a lady. I'm going to play a couple of things. What did I send to you? Whoa. Yeah, okay. So we'll do it in that order. So I told you, I think it was last night when I told you that guy got that had a seizure right before he came into the church. And then he got healed. And his brother came the next night because he went and signed his brother from the cartel out of the hospital. to come come and get saved. Now, this is the raw faith. See, church, if you're not careful, not this kind of church, but if you're not careful, religious churches will take this out of you. Anytime you have somebody pop up and say, say, I believe you'll pray for me. If you pray for me right now, I'll be healed. It's never a deacon or an assistant pastor. Some churches, you can tell who's on staff by just finding the three most disinterested people in the crowd. Yeah, they've been around it too long. They don't care anymore. If you're not careful you'll lose your fire for God. That's not me talking. That was the last warning that Christ gave to the church in Revelation chapter three. I would that you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, that's not if you're cold and backslide, enough of the world so you're not on fire, enough of the church so you're not cold. I'll vomit you out of my mouth. That Christianity doesn't work. You know, I'm gonna tell you something. I was preaching in in, uh, uh, Galveston Sunday night and Monday night, and then I was scheduled in Fort Worth Friday, and I had three days free, and originally my wife and daughter were going to be with me. I thought, well, we can go to South Padre Island. We can go to Dallas. Texas is a great state. You don't have to tell Texans that. If you say the opposite, you'll get shot. (laughs) Texas is a great state. I'm telling you that as an outsider. There's a zillion things I could have done those three days, but I am very careful because I've been around both, both kind of preachers. Some preachers go into autopilot. They get some money. You know, I can take a vacation. I don't want to turn into that kind of preacher. I want to be, we brought up Brother Shambuck. I went to go see him in Providence, Rhode Island. He was 81 years old. He preached for two hours on his feet. Then said, I'm going to anoint everybody with oil in the building tonight. There are 1,100 people there, and it must have taken another hour and 40 minutes at 81 years old. And when I saw that, every time I'd have somebody tell me, I was 31 back then, I'd have an older preacher tell me, I used to be excited like you when I was your age, but you'll see as you get older, and I would tell him, I know somebody older than you, and his fire never went out. He's the most on fire at 81 that he's ever been. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be the most on fire that you've ever been when you go to see the Lord, he's not coming back for a lukewarm church. He's coming back for men and women that have el fuego de Dios. Somebody shout fuego. You, you have to protect that. Paul told Timothy, stir into, fan into flames the gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you which means you can lose what God gives you, but thank God you can keep what God gives you and fan it into flames. That's what revival is. That's what we're doing these three days. If you came in here dejected, discouraged, you can feel that getting burnt out of you right now. If you've ever gone camping before, when you light a campfire, there's no bugs in the fire. But when the campfire goes out at night, when you wake up, there's all kinds of beetles and spiders and flies or whatever else crawling around where the fire used to be. The fire keeps the insects out without you trying. The fire does that work. If you stay on fire, (laughs) I haven't had time this week to get depressed. My mind's focused on preaching. My mind's focused on the Word. If you stir up that fire, every strategy the devil has to take people out, it'll never work on you because he's never had an answer for the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus told the disciples, don't do anything till you receive what the Father promised. For in not many days hence, John baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Ghost and... When they were filled with that, the Bible says what looked like cloven tongues of fire descended on each of their heads. Fire. And you see Peter going. (laughs) If you read Peter in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it will encourage you. You'll, you won't, you'll say, you know what? God can use me. If God could use that guy, he can use anybody. That guy said like one intelligent thing in four books. And when he said it, the only intelligent thing you see Peter say, when he says it, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're that prophet. Who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, you didn't come up with that yourself. My father gave that to you. Melissa, when you talk for four books, you don't, you don't have a brain that can come w- up with that. Peter denied Christ to girls at a campfire. But when the fire came on his head, there were over 3,000 men outside. And Peter said, you men of Jerusalem, listen to me. Some of you are saying that these men are drunk, but it isn't true. Acts chapter 2, 11 through 17. N- um, night in the morning is much too early for that. To get drunk. Peter had never been to Baton Rouge. Amen. People don't get drunk by nine o'clock in the morning. No, what you're seeing today was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, then he speaks, and the Bible says, those mockers, how do you go? For not being able to tell three girls at a campfire that you know Christ. To telling men, you should listen to me, what you're saying today. And the Bible says it pricked their hearts. And they said, brothers, what should we do? And he gave that altar call. That's the fire. There is no substitute for that fire. You need the Holy Ghost. You don't need less of the Holy Ghost. You need more of the Holy Ghost. That is the secret recipe that God gave the believer to triumph over all the power of the devil. Somebody say, I want the fire. Because <laughs> that fire will do strange things, wonders of the anointing. How come that kid, no one invited him. Nobody even knew why he came. The kid comes with a seizure to church, has a seizure in the lobby before he can get in. As he's getting ready to go in the doors, has a seizure and they have to take him out. So he comes, gets hospital treatment, comes back the next night. And then the, de- the devil came out of him. He went and got his brother from the cartel, and that thing blew up. You know, when you watch him get healed, this is December 2020 in New Mexico. The governor didn't allow more than 20 people in any building, including grocery stores. You had people waiting in line a mile long in 35-degree weather to not get a respiratory virus. Very intelligent. And then that thing grew. Till we had 820 people in a 600-seat church, when you weren't allowed more than 20 people, the police were there with their masks off, sitting and listening, because the, that, that, that power broke all that. Amen. Go ahead play that one. This is what Jesus did. I'm showing you what faith can do. Every son that you have that's on drugs, that's bound by chains of darkness, that son is coming home now in Jesus' mighty name. Lift both hands to the Lord. Lift both hands to the Lord. Pause it real quick. Keep one hand. This is his first day in church. While I'm praying, that drew him up. And what he was saying was, I, something's telling me that if you'll pray for me right now, I won't have seizures anymore. I wasn't preaching on healing. You heard what I'm praying. Your sons and daughters. But look what I was praying. Your sons and daughters that are lost are coming home. And as I'm declaring it, a lost son comes home. Go ahead, roll it. In the name of the Lord Jesus, God sets you free. You'll never be the same. First time in church. Lift the other one up to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, be filled, be delivered. You'll never battle that again. In Jesus' name. He doesn't know anything about falling under the power. That was a White Sox hat. And bring it back to me and then people laughed like i told you because they thought i was just being funny but i did that so he could put that back on his head in the name of jesus and have the anointing minister to him so there's the, here's the same church they had me back because it went great so this is a couple of weeks ago they brought a lady also first time in church she was stone deaf so look that kid gets healed his brother comes back and then it just keeps going through the community amen so then somebody brings their deaf friend. And I mean, she was not hard of hearing. She was deaf. Because when I said, lift your hands, she looked at her friend and went, what did he say? And then when I said, do you hear any, uh, uh, I give her an instruction. I said, do you have any hearing aids? And she asked her friend again, what do you say? I keep forgetting. She was like, deaf, deaf. A lot of times Americans say they're deaf. They just mean they're hard of hearing. She was stone deaf. Roll that one. She didn't have any hearing aids. That's why she didn't have Look, she keeps looking at her friend. Pause it real quick. Everybody say, speak to the mountain." See, churches I was raised in, if somebody came that was deaf, you'd oh, Lord, help them as they go through this time. But Jesus, how did Jesus minister to the deaf? I was asking the Lord my first year out of Bible college, how come no one's getting healed? He said, look how I ministered to people in the Word. Jesus didn't lay a hand on a deaf person, Lord, just be with him and his Father. The Bible says he put his fingers in the deaf man's ears. Why? To get the anointing, where to whatever needs, auditory nerve, whatever it is, and commanded the ear to come open. He rebuked the deafness. He com- the mountain was the deafness, and command commanded the ear to hear. When the man was mute, he- the Bible says he took spit, Jesus, from his tongue and put it on the man's tongue, and the man began to speak. There's no gift of waiting for miracles. There's a gift of working of miracles. I'm waiting for my miracle. There's an action God gives a man to do that produces the miracle. So that's why you pray like that. You ain't do- God can't anoint your thing. He can only anoint his thing. Go ahead, roll it. Oh, you're walking. Tell, well tell me what was wrong before because I didn't know. Well, I have a lot of operations. You had trouble walking? They operate my her knees. Here, let's take a little walk of faith. That lady. Oh. I don't I don't feel like you need my help. You said what? I can hear. You can hear out of the deaf ear. Praise God. Pretty good.
3: I can hear you. Amen.
1: Say what I say. Jesus has healed my ear. Now, go ahead. Give Jesus a I I love that stuff. I love that when I was a little kid watching that. I love it more now. I love miracles. They're so awesome. You don't see that in a Buddhist temple. Buddha's dead. Igordo. E Every religion can take you to the tomb of their founder. Only Christianity can take you to an empty tomb. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't leave all the power in heaven. He said, behold, I give unto you. Everybody say me. Power over what? Unclean spirits and to heal every manner of sickness and disease now lift both hands all over this place any sickness or disease that's crept into your body to keep you from fulfilling we don't need less christians we need more people say i just want to go to heaven you should stick around a little we have work to do We have all of eternity to be in heaven. But right now, we need to take two and a half years and give the devil some shots and let him know America does not belong to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all the inhabitants that dwell therein. So receive that healing touch into your blood, into your organs, into your central nervous system. Be whole tonight in Jesus' name. If you receive it, just say, thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to wrap up. Let me, let me read this to you. Now, before I finish Acts 12, play the wheelchair lady, because not everybody was here last night. So isn't it interesting? Two things I want to point out to you. When, I prayed, when that lady's deaf ears came open, that's when the lady popped up out of the wheelchair. It's like you hit a point where it's like you've hit the devil with so many shots, he kind of just clears out of the room, and pe- people just start getting healed. You know, there's a friend of mine. He lives in Kentucky now. He doesn't pastor anymore. He's in his 70s. He started a church in Virginia Beach. There was there were 1,100 people. He had one service. There would be 1,100 people on Sunday morning. Nobody in the church had a hearing aid or was deaf. 1,100 people. That's not statistically possible. No older people had hearing aids. Do you know what he'd do? When the anointing would come on him, he he was a, I was going to say he was a unique guy. He is a unique guy. In fact, one service he did, Sunday night he was in a full suit with cowboy boots on preaching. And he said, what's that? All right, I'll do it, Lord. And he laid the microphone down. They had a baptismal tank at the back. And he walked. I'm talking like in his 48, 50 years old. Walked and jumped into the baptismal tank fully clothed. People thought he was, you know, Pentecostal people will put up with you for a lot of stuff. But then you can cross the line. are like, you're nuts, buddy. Loco. <laughs> stupido. So he jumps in the water. And people are like, what are you doing? Middle of the sermon. And as he's in the water, a 25-year-old man from the back came up to the altar crying and knelt down and started to repent because he was calling people out in the gifts. He was saying, there's someone here that the Lord's telling me has a heart problem and praying for him. And this backslidden preacher's kid leaned over to his friend and said, if God really speaks to him, I want God to tell him to jump in the baptismal tank. And the second he said it, he went, what's that, Lord? All right, I'll do it. And when he jumped in the tank, the conviction came on the kid, and he came back to the Lord. We serve a supernatural God. Hallelujah. Do you still have Acts 12? There's a gift of the Spirit that's in operation in this room right now. It's called special faith. must say special faith. I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about because it's right here. They prayed. And an angel suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Let me ask you a question. If one angel in the invisible realm has power to knock actual iron chains off of wrists, then what do you think God can do to invisible chains? Said so Jonathan, I have a problem with alcoholism. I really am bound by chains of depression or suicidal thoughts. I was I was looking at a a, a church because they popped up in my Instagram feed, and when you scroll down, they had an associate pastor that just committed suicide. Well, you look what they're doing on Sunday: church at the movies, teaching life principles from whatever new movie came out. If you take the Holy Ghost out, people are in trouble. There's people that are in church, they need a miracle. That kid with the seizures, he needed healed. If he Think about it. If he didn't get healed, he was going to die and his brother that was in the cartel was going to go to hell. And one miracle blew the devil's sorry rear end right out of the whole family. You're going to get your miracle tonight in the, I said, you're going to get your miracle on this Wednesday night, whether the devil likes it or not. You've touched alcohol for the last time. Everybody say, the chains are gone. The chains are gone. You want to know how to keep the chains on? Keep saying, I struggle with. I struggle with depression. Quit struggling. Jesus already took it on the cross for you. There's people that every Facebook post, they put hashtag the struggle is real. As your faith is, so be it unto you. You'll have a struggle but from tonight you're going to close out all your posts on social media hashtag the struggle is over the blood of Jesus has ended my battle go ahead and celebrate it take 30 seconds clap your hands and rejoice the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever you're not a chump you're a champion you're not a victim you're a victor hallelujah hallelujah Say it one more time. The Lord is good. good. And his mercy endureth forever. You can be seated. Now put on your coat and follow me. So Peter left the cell, following the angel. But all that time he thought it was a vision, he didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them by its own accord. The door opened itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. When God's with you, when the gift of faith with you, doors that are closed for other people open up for you. God is going to open a door for somebody tonight. A door that was closed is coming back open by the power of God just for God to show the devil they're not in charge of your life, he's in charge of your life. You listen to me. The devil doesn't have permission to write your future. God has the one. God's the one that wrote your future in the pages of Scripture. The door opened for them, so they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Then he's delivered back to the believers. Now check this out. Verse 20. Sometimes when people say, what are you going to preach on tonight? I say, can I, can I answer when I'm done? Because I actually got my message in the anointing tonight. Peter got broken out. Then what happens? I've never preached this before. Now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So they sent a delegation to make peace with him because their cities were dependent upon Herod's country for food. The delegates won the support of Blastus, Herod's personal assistant, and an appointment with Herod was granted. When the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. The people gave him a great ovation, shouting, It's the voice of a God, not a man. Instantly, an angel of the Lord struck Herod with sickness. Now God's not putting sickness on you. But if you start standing up and saying, I have the voice of God, not, not the voice of a man, that's another story. So when people work for the devil, this isn't some drunk or some drug addict. This is an, a government leader that was making his business to shut down and kill the apostles of the church. If you stand too close to the devil, you can get what the devil gets. Can you say amen? amen. Do you know all the all the anchors On mainstream news that called for the church to be shut down, all of them don't have jobs anymore. Do you remember the governor of New York, Cuomo? He said, if you don't close the church down, I will shut you down permanently. That's what he said. When he said it, my dad was in the room with me. I went, that's not good. And he was out of the governor's mansion, and they said he got thrown out of the governor's mansion so fast, he didn't have another house, so he had to sleep on his sister's couch. Like a college student. Oh, yeah. You should be careful who you mouth off against. Can you say amen? Amen. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God, so he was consumed with worms and died. Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread. And there were many new believers. Anybody have a King, James or new King James in English? What is it? Read it from where you're at, because I'm just curious how, how it's rendered. Uh, 12 12:24. Nice and loud. But the Word of God grew and multiplied. Say with me, the word of God grew and multiplied. <laughs> There's actually full gospel preachers that will say, our church is small because we preach the true word of God. No, something's wrong. Because the word of God is a multiplying seed. When you preach it, yeah, it does run some people off. But Jesus wasn't talking to three people in the desert. John the Baptist, John the Baptist had the word. They threw him out of every synagogue, so he went into the wilderness, and multitudes would go out into the wilderness to hear him so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. You're not on a losing team, you're on a winning team. Amen? So now check this, and then then I'll I'll wrap up. I'll skip that part. Say, Peter was delivered. delivered. And say, the force against the church church. was judged. judged. Last year, and it seems like a long time ago, but if you remember, in January of 2022... There was a very real chance that OSHA was going to have full jurisdiction over anybody that had 99 employees or more, and they were already making plans to lower it to 30, including churches where the government could come in and make sure you had masks on while you sing. I, I'm not wearing a mask. I, you know, I, so, some pastors, I lost all respect for them. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Uh, I think you're kind of a slave to fear, to be honest with you. And now look at all the stuff that's come out. That wearing a mask to stop the virus is the equivalent of building a chain link fence to keep mosquitoes off your property. It's the same thing. So it's all fake. All to keep people in fear. Also, somebody had to do something every day to remind them that there was a disease. And keep you focused on disease. didn't keep anybody safe. People had their mask in their back jeans pocket with butt sweat all over it. That doesn't help your rest. Sorry for saying that. I forgot I was in church, so we'll just keep moving. (laughs) Lo siento, por favor. It was stupid. It was funny. When you'd preach faith, there were churches I went in. I wouldn't say one thing about masks, and I'd start preaching faith like this. you just start watching everybody start going like this, taking their mask off. I told you the one guy took his mask off. Then while maintaining eye contact with me, reach over to his wife and took hers off. Can you say amen? Yeah. Say, I'm not, a slave to fear. I'm not a slave to fear. Yeah. Praise God. So they prayed, and God delivered them. My uncle Ted was preaching, Ted Shettlesworth Sr. was preaching in Rowlett, Texas, near Dallas, on, I think it was January 12th, a revival meeting. And it was when they had not ruled from the Supreme Court yet. And it looked like even conservative legal experts that I'm friends with, like, that are usually right. They said it looks like it's going to go 5-4 against the church. And, you know, then you're in trouble. You know, my sister pastors in Canada, they would have police at the front door of their church almost every Sunday that would write a $1,500 ticket to every person that went inside the church. You, your wife, and two children had to pay $6,000 before you could go through the front door. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're looking to do here, because the devil knows if he's going to do what he wants to do, he has to scatter the gathering of the saints. You can't see it right now, but there is a power that's being released in the spirit realm. I guarantee you, if there's any witches in this town, they're having trouble doing what they're doing. They can't get their brooms to work. Amen. Yeah, and they can't figure it out because the church has the power. So if we take the light and put it under a bushel or disassemble ourselves, well, I don't need a church. How many of you know it's the same whether we're at home or whether we're in the building? No, Jesus taught that there's a different blessing when there's a gathering of at least two or three together. Like there is tonight with our praise and worship going up. It's called the corporate anointing. There's a fire in this room. There's a fire in your belly. You're gonna come back to your home and wherever the sole of your foot shall tread, you're gonna be on land that God has given you and there's nothing the devil can do about it. Um, Brother G- Brother Jake from my team, grab the you're going to make it from Uncle Ted so they can see him, because this happened this year. So he's preaching, right? This is all. It looks like we're in bad shape. They're going to pack the Supreme Court and all that. He stands up one night, and my Uncle Ted's not a flake. My Uncle Ted's called me up before and told me where I was, not what city, what building I was standing next to, by the Spirit. I'm talking a real real man of God. So he goes, he's preaching. He said, the Lord gave me a dream. He said, I saw a dark figure over the United States of America. And I said, what is that, Lord? He said, this is the principality that's been assigned by hell over this country since 2015. And my uncle said, then a shaft of light came from heaven and burned it up. And the Lord said, see now, I've heard the prayers of my people. Say this out loud. Prayer Prayer changes things. things. You're going to hear a lot of preachers, and they're wrong. You know, I believe God is judging this country. Even if God had made up his mind to judge the nation, if someone prays that God will will, will stay his hand in judgment, God will listen to that prayer. Yeah, the amens are getting weak because people aren't taught that. Let me ask you a question. Did Rahab have any right to get rescued out of Jericho? Yes or no? That's right. No right. She had no covenant with God. She was of an evil. There was no redemption for people that weren't Israelites. And God had already said, Jericho and its walls shall be completely destroyed. Check this out. Then Joshua and Caleb go into her room. And what does she say? I know you serve the real God. Now make a covenant with me that when this thing goes down, you'll spare me and my household. What did Joshua and Caleb say? No, tough luck. God never, from Genesis to Revelation, rejected a cry of mercy, ever. It only takes one person. Joshua and Caleb said, okay, we'll make a covenant with you, but your end of the deal is to leave a what color cord? Red, scarlet, out the window. What did that cord represent? The blood of Jesus out that door, and you'll be saved. Do you know when you study it, it says that Rahab's home was built into... Now, she wasn't just a pagan. She was a hooker. Other pagans felt she was pagan. She was a pagan's pagan. But she was the smartest prostitute who ever lived. This is the part of the service where if I had a Spanish interpreter, they would have went like this. When she dangled that cord, think of this. Her home was built into the wall, and the Bible says the walls fell flat. But if you'd have looked, there'd have been one piece of the wall that never fell. Did you know she wasn't only rescued? If you read the lineage of Christ, Christ not only brought her out of Jericho, he put her into his own lineage and she became part of that. Because your faith can turn everything around. I came to tell you, I don't have my faith for America to be destroyed. I'm using my faith. God's not finished with America. God's going to shake Texas. God's going to shake Massachusetts. God's going to shake New York City. God's going to shake Hawaii. God's going to shake San Francisco and Los Angeles. America shall not be destroyed. America shall be saved. Amen. That's where God, that's where God's at. The Bible says in second Peter chapter three, the Lord's not willing that any should perish. So he's giving more time for everyone to repent and be saved. God's not looking to destroy San Francisco. He wants a revival to come there. God's not up in heaven looking at the people in Los Angeles, all out on the street. You know, that's what they get. No. He wants people to be. The Bible says, I would that all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Tell people Jesus loves them. God wants to save them. God's not sitting up in heaven going, yeah, that's what they get. No. He wants people to be saved. He wants "Once to be saved so bad, he withheld not his only son. So when people talk about like the future is already determined, Isaiah 38, Isaiah, tell King Hezekiah to set his affairs in order for he will die. And Hezekiah said, God, I don't want to die. And he spun Isaiah around and said, tell him I've extended his life 15 more years and I've given him victory over all his enemies. You can have it how you want it. If you pray in line with God's will, and appeal to God's nature, which is a nature of mercy. Not We don't serve Allah. I feel like some preachers should serve Allah. If San Francisco burned down, they'd be happy. God wants people saved in that city. He wanted, I mean, think about it. God has so much mercy that it ticked Jonah off. Jonah, go, go and preach my word to those people. I don't want to preach. I don't like those people. God likes people we don't like. He sent Jesus to die, not for people that were already good enough. Christ came to save sinners. Can you say amen? amen. And trust me, I, I'm basically preaching this part for me because there are certain people in the political realm that if I had my way, I'd say, Lord, kill them in Jesus' name. Amen. But he doesn't want to kill them. He wants them to get saved. Amen. Think of this. Think if somebody won a term and was going to serve four years, and they were a very wicked politician, and they got born again. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have to tell them to not be pro. I don't like abortion anymore. I don't like that. I don't like what we're doing to families. It would actually mess up their whole system. So the greatest damage you can do to the kingdom of darkness is to win people to Christ. It's the greatest spiritual warfare that, that you can do. Can you say amen? So my Uncle Ted said... A great shaft of light hit that figure and burned it up, and he said, now you're going to start to see all this cloud of darkness that's been over the United States begin to dissipate, and he said it's going to open up region by region, and right after he said that was when the OSHA thing was struck down, vaccine mandate struck down. Now look, God not only delivered Peter, he destroyed the person who went against Peter, and then after that, the word began to multiply. So what are you saying now? You're seeing the devil have to pay back. Look at all the people that lost their jobs in law enforcement, military, and healthcare that are now being rehired with back pay and interest because this is the prophetic time where the devil has to pay back what he unlawfully put his finger on. I'm going to tell you something. If I were you, I'd make up your mind like I did. I'm getting my piece of the pie. The devil has to pay back everything he took. He took something, but the thief has to refund up to seven times what he took. Come on, one more time. Take 15 seconds and clap those hands. Shout unto God. Somebody say, make the devil pay. That's what you do. You, there's some people that think they have to put up with the devil. There's some people that think they can defend themselves against the devil. But the greatest class of Christian goes on the offense and makes the devil give back what he stole. Now, I'm going to play a video for you, and it's going to illustrate what I'm talking about. Because I, I was doing crusades in the inner city. We basically would pick the worst parts of America, crime-wise and all that, put up a stage and preach like we were in India or Pakistan. I'm all for overseas missions. I'd do it. But I don't understand why ministers go out and spend a bunch of money in another country and preach and pray for the sick. then never do it here. No country needs the power of God more than America. So this is a city called Camden, New Jersey. It's across the the river from Philadelphia. We had done two there, and then the mayor from Camden asked if we would come there, and we did. When we did that, I had done, I think, two other crusades, and we had like no problems. Then when our team starts putting up flyers, A witch started to tear all the flyers down, and and I'm not calling her a witch. She identified as a witch on Facebook. She started tearing down the flyers and then spread a rumor that it was a human trafficking operation, so the mayor went to shut down the thing. But we showed him the videos of what happened in Philadelphia. She actually ended up in jail within 48 hours of when she did that. Say this with me. Say, never confuse a challenge for a defeat. Yeah. That's not what they taught me growing up in church. How many know sometimes God shuts the, how many know the door's open, but sometimes the door shuts? Well, open it back up again. That's how doors work. Just because a door's shut, were well, you going to stand outside on your porch all night tonight? Well, I was going to go home, but someone shut the door. No, open it. Can you say amen? Even if it needs a key, God gave you the keys. So when I heard that witch was doing that, and the mayor was, was not going to allow us, I said, well, I guess God shut the door. Oh, no. The devil, God doesn't speak through demons. That's how I knew Dr. Fauci had no permission to tell the church not to meet. He's not a bishop. He's a small Italian man, like this guy. And I would say it to his face if I was here. I'd say, you have no permission to do what you're doing. Ianano, Italiano. I know some Spanish, enough to get in a fight. Amen. You know, the Bible says bishops should be careful not to lord their authority over the church. So how much more should outsiders be careful? I noticed all the instructions were always for Christians, never Buddhists or Hindus or Muslims. We ask you not to take communion. We ask you not to sing, just to chant quietly. We ask you not to play instruments. I actually made a list of everything that he said not to do because it was like the devil telling you what bothers him. Loud music, loud singing, communion, preaching and shouting, everything the devil hates. That's why today we're making up for lost time. We're not chanting quietly. We're not sitting all spaced apart. Let everything that has breath praise He, the Lord. Somebody say, this is our time. It's our time. So when I would do those soul winning crusades in the city, you know, you can only pack so much into a night. So I would do a Billy Graham style, straight preaching of salvation, call people to get saved. Then they'd go to the tent and fill out a card and they'd give them a Bible or whatever. And I was done. The the second night I was preaching after that witch did that, they told me three more witches... I don't know, how did witches even know I was coming there? We don't advertise the meeting on (laughs) witchesmeet.com. So then you start realizing you're shaking things up in the spirit. And so when they, they came, that night, you'll see it when I gave the altar call, all the power went out. Now that's impossible because we weren't allowed to have our own power source. We were on city property and we had to use six union electricians you know, if you go to a crusade in India, they just ask for a bribe. In America, it's all permits. They, I just wish they'd just tell you how much money they want. So you have to have six electricians, city elect union electricians to run the city generator so everybody gets paid, which is fine. And then the, the, the union electricians told me, because the power didn't just go out. You'll see right when I was given the altar call, Jesus loves you no matter who you are, no matter what the color of your skin. When I went to say skin... All the power went out. The electricians after smoking cigarettes said, did you notice that the power went out? Uh, Yes, I did happen to notice. I'm not an electrician, but I, I did notice when it went dark. They went, did you notice the power went out and it didn't go out until you were telling them to come to Jesus? Yeah. They said, you know, we're not trying to sound weird, but they said, we have the thing full of gas. We're all electricians. That had to be the devil. Very good. I'm going to put a sticker on your Sunday school chart. You're learning. But that's how how clear it was. Well, everybody say, "Make make the devil pay. That was a turning point in my night because on the spur of the moment, the gift of faith. The gift of faith is often activated in times of crisis and challenge. That's what happened in Acts 12. When they were pressed with Peter getting arrested, they pressed into their faith something hit me on the platform. First of all, you'll see the devil meant for the crowd to scatter. Instead, you could tell the crowd realized what happened. Because I'm telling them to get saved. I'm telling them this is not to join a church. This is God calling you and the power dies. Everybody's eyes went like this. And they all moved up to the front to receive Christ. You'll see it. And then I made up my mind. If the devil tried to stop this, then I'm going full out Pentecostal on the crowd. So I said, now I realize this might be too much for people, but I said, if you want hands laid on you, I'm going to have you line up. We're in a big field. So we had everybody line up. I thought maybe 40 people would want prayer, 80 people, 200 people. More people stayed for prayer than came to the meeting because people started texting their friends in section eight housing, bring my baby, come uh, tell my mother that has cancer to come. And everyone, like the city came out for prayer. That's when I realized people need prayer. And what God did, it was the, at that time in my life and still now, I mean, it was a mighty outpouring of miracles. You'll hear the testimony. So while you see this, we play it for three reasons. Number one is to give glory to God. Number two is when you see this, you see this is real. What God did for people in New Jersey that have never been to church ever, He'll do for you. And number three, to shame the devil, because he lost them, and he's going to lose you and your family tonight. And when I play this, I'll tell you a fourth reason. Say this with me. America America shall be saved. saved. You know, we had no church support except one church. When you see this crowd, it's probably 90% plus unchurched, unsaved. And then the crowd grew every night. We had about 3,300 people coming, 3,500, 3,700 by the end. And it shook the city. You know, the only thing we had to use security for was to organize the line of people who wanted to give me hugs. People with teardrop tattoos and gang members. And then uh, what, what was the thing that happened at the end that was like, oh yeah, one of the nights, a guy came and got saved. He had just got out of jail. And the guy who prayed with him at the altar was the cop who arrested him and put him in jail. And the criminal turned around and said, I'm sorry, For assaulting you when you arrested me and the cop hugged him back and said and i was too rough on you and i want to apologize all the stuff they're trying to do by god the government republican democrat independent green party libertarian nobody has the power to change someone's heart you can't take hate out of a person's heart with education but when someone receives jesus christ he gives them a new heart Now, watch this, and then we're going to pray. Roll it.
0: Every single festival is different than the next, and volunteers One week before Festival of Life began, a family woman spread Facebook rumors that Festival of Life flyers were the work of human traffickers. Her post picked up traction. You we all know that ain't nothing free because if that's the case, all of us working single mommies will be having our bills and stuff paid. So when y'all see stuff like this, please take it down. Festival of Life quickly got in front of the lie with truth trafficking. Our post was viewed 110,000 times, and shared over 1,800 times. As a result, the festival received the endorsement of Camden City Council. Opening night, over 3,100 people flooded Anita Park, 591 received Jesus. I've never seen the Lord
1: touch people like this
2: on opening night. I wanna find God. I wanna know Him more, and I wanna be with him, I want him to be the person that I run to when I cry, because it seems like I can't find it in nobody else. Every unclean thing in your blood, I
1: tell you something. You're not going to die. You're going to live. I have a blood for this. Every unclean thing in your blood's already
4: gone.
1: I believe
4: it. I believe it. I believe it.
1: Just when God touches you, it's only the
4: beginning. It always gets better. My grandfather was a minister. I came from a but I took my
1: Shahada to... Pause, the- pause the- it. Pause the- it real quick. Like, okay. You know that lady, because enough time's passed now? She had a lesbian li- live-in uh, girlfriend. She heard her say, my grandfather was a Pentecostal minister, but I took my Shahada to become a Muslim. Well, you're, you're going to go to hell in Islam as a, as a lesbian. You're just confused. People are just confused. And then I watched as I preached. I didn't preach against lesbian. I was just preaching about Jesus. They looked at each other, let go of each other's hands, and went to the altar in separate directions. And then she, she gave her life to the Lord. Now, people, you think people are far gone. You see a girl with a stud and a girlfriend, you think, man, she must not know anything. But people in this country are very close. Do you remember that guy that would wear dresses in the Biden administration with a shaved head? His name was Sam, and he had lipstick. And he got arrested for stealing suitcases. Do you know his parents are Baptist missionaries? Overseas, people know the gospel. They're this close. The people you think are the hardest to reach are gonna be the first ones to come in. I'm telling I prophesy there are people here, the hardest person to reach in your family will be the first to get saved. Do you know do you know how you know God God can reach the hardest person in your family? Because you're here. Amen. Go ahead, play the rest.
4: A year and a half ago, but I think I'm changing back
0: over. Here it is. Monday night at Festival of Life Camden was called Monday Miracle Night, and it lived up to its name. In the midst of a powerful sermon, the generator died. The lights went out, but the power turned on. The field. With no microphone and standing in the dark, evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth led 717 people to the
3: light. No, the lights
0: eventually turned back on. That's when Miracle Monday began to manifest.
5: She had beat me, told me. Turn this up a thing. little. It like, wasn't even a mother daughter relationship.
4: Cops had to get involved, ISIS had to get involved. Like I said, she's been hospitalized multiple times. We're known at Kennedy crisis.
0: Kitana is 13 years old and has been tormented by voices since she was five.
1: Since she was five, never stopped hearing voices.
5: see,
4: the most hideous thing. You don't understand, how it's the first time that her face lit up and she's looking at him preach and her face was lit up. Like she's so happy. She's like, mommy, I
5: see her worshiping. Death. Hallelujah! One moment, it was a, it was a miracle. I felt very really
4: proud of me. It was like I was entirely new. For the first time in 13 years, in like almost 13 years,
1: she tells me, mommy, I don't hear the voices
4: anymore. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. We don't need more death to we need a new generation of Dominicans. una generación nueva de dominicanos. Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, Rican. Black people, Morenos. White people, black folks. That are filled with the Holy Ghost yes, and fire.
5: I can't explain it. I really can't explain it. I was, he just came to the me, and he was just like, "You're not going to have any more seizures." And I'm like, "How oh, does this man know about my seizures?" I uh, recently just had some seizures in one day. It'd be like your God's gonna give you a new body. Destiny
0: had seizures, metal screws in her back and neck, and seat depression. She even used a walker to get around. She returned to the festival the next day, walking freely. For the first time in years, being free.
4: I'm not going to die. No You're gonna live! God's gonna use you! Yo You're gonna preach the gospel! In Jesus, Jesus' name!
0: For some healing comes in the laying on our hands. Others have faith so strong and simple that they are healed just by.
4: On Monday, he came, he was here, and when he was hearing the evangelist's brief, that's your uh, receive, put your, uh, your hands over the affected part, and because he was hearing the testimonies, and he said, hey, those things happen um, to, to those people, why can't they happen to me? Monday the morning, right. when he woke up and he didn't feel the pain, he just began to start moving and Cripples. started doing everything that he couldn't do before. So that I called my daughter, my son, I told all my family, I said, wow, got it good.
0: Alyssa Lennox was healed from cancer after praying with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth during a Facebook live broadcast at Festival of Life in Allentown earlier in 2017. It's amazing that Pause not it. being here in person...
1: This cop with his bomb-sniffing dog and drug-sniffing dog, he was so moved by what happened to the people in Camden, he showed up at all my meetings in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York. I never told him, I, he never told me. Everywhere I saw him, was like, didn't I see you in Camden? He said, I'll be at every one of your meetings that's in my range. For the rest of your ministry, after after what I saw, he wasn't a Christian. That's that's God. God will turn. This is New Jersey. God will turn this nation around. As sure as I'm standing here, God will not allow the devil to have the last say in America. Go ahead, play the rest. I'm telling you. But watching him live, I was able to get that
0: miracle. Doctors had Alyssa retested
2: three times and couldn't find a.
1: No trace, no dead cancer cells. You
2: had that bad a result the first time. You're used to seeing cancer cells, and they found nothing. But they said, you know, just to be sure, we'll do another. You know, in my head I'm like, you know, makes sense, I
4: know why. Jesus Christ is still the great healer. Jesucristo sigue siendo el buen sanador. Jesus Christ is still the great physician. Jesucristo sigue siendo el mejor médico. When you call on him tonight, cuando tu a él esta noche, he, he will. will answer you. Él te responderá. He will deliver you. Out of all your trouble. Many of the people seem to have a similar trouble
0: depression, and a spirit of suicide. I actually wrote you you, I was going to commit suicide. And when I came here suddenly it stopped. You know, I used to be a cutter before. I used to actually cut myself. But just like Jesus said, he delivered them from all their trouble. About me coming here and hearing the word from Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, he saved my life. I sleep
4: through the night without screaming, crying. This week I've slept all through the night. Because it only takes one person in a family. Toma una en la to say enough is enough. I'm going to live my life for God. I'm not going to sell out to the world. I prophesy tonight in the name of Jesus. Not only are you going to be saved. God's going to save your family. Each of the testimonies
0: represent a family that no longer has to deal with the emotional, financial, physical, and spiritual struggle of their former burden. Camden families were changed, and it all started with repeating their physical Festival of Life gave away 1,000 grocery
1: boxes. We paid for all that. No help. Just five God.
0: And 500
5: book bags for the kids to take back to school. It was so fun getting the backpack. I got supplies. Uh, I have a book bag and it's like a tealish green and a pink
2: zipper. It's more than a backpack. It's more than that. It's love. It's support. It's... You feel the vibe. Here. Pause it real quick. Festival of Life came to...
1: I'm going to tell you right now, if they try to cripple the money supply in this country, God will give the church a plan to get its hands on trillions of dollars and begin to care for people and begin to provide food. You're not going to be broke. You will never be broke another day in your life. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Go ahead, play the rest. Candid to save
0: souls. And the love of God was so strong that it was
5: a healing bomb. It was just beautiful to me to see everybody interacting under one God, no matter who, you know, what color it was, of his skin it was, all those differences, and we to aside to come worship God together. My faith was restored.
0: Total attendance for the week was 13,440 people. Twice they received personal prayer. 2,800 people gave their life to Jesus. That's it for Festival of Life here in Camden. We are now packing up and heading to West Virginia for Festival of Life. I'm Stephanie Azzasito.
1: You know, number one, that girl, Stephanie, she was a Fox News reporter that got baptized in the Holy Ghost in in one of the church meetings, then covered it. You hear say we're packing up and going to West Virginia. We went to Clarksburg that had the highest Fent, uh, uh, heroin usage per capita in the country. The first night, seven dealers got saved. So the next night, you know how I knew? A state trooper told me. He said, we've been trying to find that guy for two weeks. They came, he came to the altar, no shirt on. Well, you can always tell when people go, come to the altar and they're on heroin because it takes them a long time. And when people are on meth, they come very quick. <laughs> so then the night... I'm I'm getting a point across to you. What the devil meant for bad, God not only does away with it, he turns it for good. So the next night, that heroin dealer told everybody on his client list on his cell phone, you need to come with me tomorrow night. They thought they were coming to get drugs. So he's got all his addicts with him and then came down to the altar first and waved everybody down and they all came and got saved. And we flipped it. That town has 16,000 people. We had 2,200 first time decisions for Christ in two weeks because the devil will not write the final chapter. in the nation, and the devil will not write the final chapter in your family or your son's life or your daughter's life. God will have the final say. Anybody else feel the gift of faith in here? Uno mas, por favor. Everybody say, gift of faith. This is my dad's oldest brother. He's been preaching for almost 50 years. He puts his tent up in the inner city. You should see it. He just was in Buffalo. They had five people that were blind in one or both eyes healed in the inner city. Just knock it out. I'm telling you, this thing's flipping hardcore on the devil. I'd be nervous if I was on the devil's side. It's going to be a bad end of the year for the devil. 2024 will be a worse year for the devil. 2025 will be an even worse year should Jesus tear it. He's not coming back for a weak, defeated church. He's coming back for a glorious church. If you're a part of that church, say yes. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Pastor Clarita's here. So I've I'm not just like excited and caffeinated. I'm telling you true things. We've had three transgender people come to the altar and give their life to Christ at our church and reverse their procedure. And I've never preached on it one time, just the anointing, the power of God, set the prisoner free. Set the prisoner free. Set the prisoner free. free. Serve a mighty God, my friend. So. The gift of faith is on this clip. This is from January of this year. It was midnight, so don't get nervous. I'm wrapping up. This was midnight, and they saw my uncle there, Pastor Rodney Hard Brown, asked him to come up and greet the crowd. And man, he, at 70 years old, he let this thing come out of his spirit. You'll feel it, and then we're going to pray, and the devil will regret. They're going to have an emergency board meeting in hell tonight. And whatever demon's in charge of the Rio Grande Valley is going to get dismissed because there's a new sheriff in town and that sheriff is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Roll it. Jake, you should stay with them. Great the people. There you go. You got it. I believed in you. Turn it up.
5: Praise God.
3: Amen. I was just thinking in the verse of Scripture... Where the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came in the midst of the congregation upon Jehaziah and said, the battle is not your battle, but the battle is the Lord's. And I was looking at a modern translation and it said, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. So if God's fighting a battle, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. The doctor tells you you're going to die, you're going to make it. If you wonder where the next dollar is coming from, you're going to make it. And it will turn into a million. Hallelujah. you wonder what you're going to do next, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. You're going to make it when nobody else is making it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Lord's. He's never lost one fight. Glory. I'm going to make it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're going to make it. Every day you wake up, you're going to make it. No matter what the world's happened tonight, we're going to make it. I dare you to say, I'm going to make it. Shout, I am making it. Right now. The battle. Not my battle. battle. Basil, the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. I'm making it right now in the name of Jesus in the name of jesus i am making it right now the singers are out ahead of us i hear them singing hallelujah (laughs) praise the lord i said praise the lord for his mercy endures forever praise the lord for his mercy endures forever. Just today, the mayor of Atlanta sent me the contract for Turner Field. Hallelujah. I'm the only preacher to let in this year. They said, but I think I'm the most spearheaded that you go in there. Amen. Because the battle is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. We're going to make it, hallelujah. The mayor didn't know it, but he's going to make it, hallelujah. What he made happen for me, God's going to make happen for him, hallelujah. Last time I was there, the mayor was a king, somebody, and he took me for every nickel he could get. And there was a lady that helped me, her name was Keisha Bottoms. And I got so happy, I said, Keisha, you're the mayor now, I'm making you the mayor. And a few months after I left there, they called and said she became the mayor in January. Amen. And she was the mayor the last four years. But now the guy that there now, he's a spirit-filled brother. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. I dare you to lift your hand and just say, Lord, I'm winning. I'm winning, I'm winning my battle right I'm now. I'm making it right now. I'm not going to fail. I'm not going under. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to let anything keep me down. I'm going to make it because the battle is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Everything's turning around for my good. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. it right now oh glory to God then look at your neighbor and tell them you're gonna, it, you're gonna make it 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 hey glory to God you are making it now battle's not your battle the battle's not your battle the battles not your battle the, your battle. the battle is the Lord's Hallelujah Spirit of the Lord said million dollar offerings, billion-dollar flow. Hallelujah. Oh ko da For the years over, million-dollar offerings, billion-dollar flow. Glory to God. You're gonna make it. Hallelujah. You're making it right now. You're not even faking it. You're making it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord's. Glory to God. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you in the midst of the congregation. He'll spin you like a top. You'll run like a, a deer. Glory to God. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. There'll be a new wind and a second breath. Glory to God. Be a fresh wind from glory. Hallelujah. Take you around the world and up and down and all around. Pause it oh, real quick. The battle's not your battle. The you know, that's the pastor that got arrested in Florida,
1: Rodney Howard Brown. He hadn't traveled out since he'd been arrested. The church tripled after his arrest. And after he gave him that word, a fresh wind from glory will come. It'll take you all around the world. He leaves, he's already been out a bunch of times. He leaves in September. In a couple of weeks, he's going to do 10 cities in Africa in five weeks. Got his own jet in a bunch of different countries. Going to hit them all and then come back to the church. A fresh wind. Everybody say a fresh wind. You know it's not going to be you trying to drag to the finish line in life with some touch you got from 20 years ago. God's putting a fresh wind in your sails to get up and run your race. The battle's not over. You're going to win in Jesus' name. Go ahead, play the rest.
3: Battle is the Lord. Hallelujah. Did I tell you you're going to make it? Uh, Hallelujah. You. No more struggling, glory uh, to amen. God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah! And so I tell every one of you, you're going to make it. Look up to your elder brother Jesus right now. Say, Lord, thanks for helping me make it. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. Our faith, our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith in God. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's as a dear man taught me years ago, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. This lady
1: that's standing up in the back clapping, just take a step out into the aisle there. All the way in the back is you. Yep, step right onto the aisle. Put one hand on your belly and one hand on your heart. Close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. I'm right underneath your hands, into your lower organs, into your heart. Be healed in Jesus' name. And then secondly, that power is going to go into your household and clear everything out that needs cleared out and make everything right. In Jesus' name, you're healed in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands and begin to thank God out of your mouth. Battle's not yours. The battle's the Lord's. You're not going down. You're going up. That scripture he quoted at the end, that's a Bible scripture, First John. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If you've been being overcome by things in the world, if the devil has his way, then he gets you surrounded by a bunch of other people that are getting overcome. He says, well, everybody struggles with something. No, this is the victory that overcomes the world. And let's say you suffered a setback, like Peter getting arrested in prison. Well, I guess it didn't work. Oh, no. Are you still breathing? Yes. So it's not over yet, is it? Yeah. You can come back stronger than you were before. The devil thinks he knocked you down. Next time he sees you, you're going to be a hundred times what you were in the Holy Ghost. Maybe the very thing the devil did to knock you off the place you were meant to be, that that made you press into God. Now when you come back, the devil will rue the day he didn't take you out when he had the chance. In Jesus' name two things number one this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as the son of God and the savior that's not joining a religion that's a spiritual covenant that's a blood covenant Rahab scarlet court is an outward symbol of what God does in you a new bloodline don't listen to all these ministers that talk about how you have curses in your blood if you're born again your blood is uncursable Yeah. You have God's life in you, the Bible says. You have God's seed in you. Say, I'm not under a curse. I'm blessed. That's a fact. That's a Bible fact. I don't care what ran in the Shuttlesworth family before my grandfather got saved. I don't know what they did. I don't do it. I don't care if everybody in my family does something. When I got born again, I joined a new family. The Bible says in Numbers 23, no curse can touch Jacob. No divination has any power against Israel. If every witch in Mexico and Central America and Texas and New York and Nigeria all met outside of my hotel room and cursed me, I'd sleep like a baby. I won't even pray about it. I'm too high for that. I was playing video games at my house and a little ant crawled around uh, across the front of my TV. I didn't pray about it. I didn't move. I just squashed it and left it there as a sign to other ants. I didn't, I didn't ask for a prayer at church the next day and say, I had an altercation with an ant, and I'm hoping other ants don't find out about it and come back. Me and that ant aren't in the same realm. I'm sure that ant's very strong. He might have even been the valedictorian in his class. But I'm not an ant. I'm a human being, and he's lower than me. And he's not allowed to trouble me. And the devil is not over your head. The devil's not eye to eye. The devil is under your feet. He's not in your class. You've been raised with Christ. You look like everybody else, but you're not like everybody else. It's a fact. Amen. Can you say amen? So if you've never put your faith in Jesus, that's where it starts. If that scarlet cord's never been hung outside the window, then you'll go down with everything else. But if the blood of Jesus is applied to your life and you let God give you a new heart, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old life is dead. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Behold, all things become new. All things. You'll need prayer forever if you're a sinner. I need to help stop drinking. You need to get saved then God will give you a new tongue that has no taste for alcohol. Can you say amen? I had, had a lady when I was adolescent. My wife and I were starting a church in Hawaii. She smoked two and a half packs of cigarettes a day, which that won't send you to hell. just make you die quicker. And she said she wanted to get free from it. So she went up for prayer that night. She came the next night. She said, my husband, she said, I had no. I would always reach for my cigarettes first thing when my alarm went off. She said, I didn't want them. And then when my husband began to smoke in the car, I said, can you stop? It's making me sick. God will make it. You don't have to try to not do it. See, if you love to fight, then it's hard not to fight. But if God takes that angry spirit out of you. The watch I used to wear was given to me by a UFC champion. He said uh, he watched me when he was training and he got saved. And he's, he didn't fight too good after that. He said before I used to fight. Because stuff happened to him when he was young. And he said, I would channel into that anger. And that's what, where I got my strength from to fight. And he said, after I got saved, there was nothing there. I wasn't mad. He said, I forgave all the people that, that wronged me earlier in life. God will take out the thing. It's not you struggling. No, God will take out sin, and he'll put in his righteousness. <laughs> but you have to make the first move. I want to call you. I'm going to do two prayers. I'm going to lay hands on everybody that wants hands laid on tonight. But before we do, let's take care of the most important thing. We had a bunch of people come to the altar last night and do this. We had people do it both nights in, in uh, uh, Galveston, Lamarck. We'll have people do it in Fort Worth, just like they did in Camden. People, people get saved, because God wants people to get saved. What about you? You enjoying tonight's service isn't going to get you into heaven. There has to be a time in your life where you've made a public stand and said, Devil, I'm done with you. I'm not living the world's way. I'm not living the way they tell me to live on TV. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. And if you'll do that tonight, that'll, that'll take care. That'll settle a lot of things because the Bible says he holds them securely in his strong right hand and the evil one touches them not. Can't even touch you. That's why I went to all those dangerous places and preached Philly, Camden. No one did anything to me. They can't. The devil is not allowed to harass me. I'm instructed to harass him. Amen. That works on any level. I want, I'm leaving after tomorrow. I want to leave you with that. You people, man, there's powerful people in charge that are trying to do this, this, and this. They're not compared to the believer. That's why the rapture has to happen before the Antichrist can take over. Cause one 85 year old abuela that's full of the Holy Ghost will have, has more power than all of hell put together. Greater is he who lives in you than all those that are in the world. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you say, Jonathan, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ, or I once did, but I fell back into my old ways. You're living with somebody you're not married to. You're doing things that the world is fine with, but the Bible calls sin. God has not changed the Bible to accommodate 2023. God doesn't have an American Bible. The Bible doesn't need to be altered to fit American life. Americans need to grab a hold of the Bible and lift them out of what they're in. No one can do that for you but you. When it comes to your destiny, the devil's voted against you, God's voted for you, and tonight you cast the deciding vote. You gonna go to hell and live a hard life, or do you want to say no to the devil? Put your hand in the nail-scarred hand of Jesus. Secure your place in heaven and let his blessings flow uninterrupted into your life. I pray you do it. We've had a bunch of people do this week already. What a great week. We had 26 people sign up to be baptized in Pittsburgh on Sunday, and 52 more people joined the 26th Sunday and did it in their church clothes. 78 people baptized on Sunday morning, and they weren't there. (laughs) Visitors, everything. God's on the move, my friend. But don't let the move miss you. If you say, Jonathan, I need to make things right with God, and I'm not putting it off one more day. I choose today. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I want you to quickly put your hand up high and wave it at me, and we're going to pray. I see your hands. Very quickly, those of you with more boldness come first. Your boldness will help those that are more timid and shy. But come, every person come right now to the altar. They'll let you out of your row. Come right now. Go ahead and sing it, Sister Clarina. Come right now. We're going to pray. This is your night.
5: All Lord Jesus. You can use it I'll sit down with you. I surrender all. Oh, you can come as friends. this is great what a great Wednesday night response yes to this is your night yes sing it one more time people are still coming Lord Jesus One more
1: time, there's still people coming. come and come. Say it one more time. Strong.
5: There's room for
1: you if the Lord's dealing with your heart, you can
5: come.
1: going to lead you in the prayer, but say it from the bottom of your heart. God's going to hear this prayer. This is not a church recital. There's a living God that hears what you're about to say. Even while we're praying, he'll take out your old heart and give you a new heart. Some of you will be just like it was when you were like seven or eight years old, when your heart, when there was nothing unclean in you and you loved God and you felt his presence. You're going to go right back like it was there. It'll be like nothing ever happened. Like the last 30 years never even happened. Say this nice and loud. Heavenly Father, I give you my life, I turn my back on sin, I believe in my heart, you raised Jesus from the dead, I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus, I am saved, I am forgiven, I am clean. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit revivaltoday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.